Okay, so we're in the middle of a sugya here, and where we left off with two questions. Number one, according to the Nesivis, how could even the same person do a second Maisa Geneva on the same object following the first Maisa Geneva? We know that there's a concept called Gwenimina Ganev. So, let's take a step back. We had a Machalikas chain, the Ketzis, and the Nesivis, about whether or not when a person breaks something following a Maisa Geneva, is that Chiv for the breaking, a Chiv of Mazik or a Chiv of Geneva? The Ketzis Achishin assumed there was a Chiv Mazik. And therefore, to understand why someone could be liable to pay for Nezikin following a Maisa Geneva is very straightforward. You stole something and then you damaged it, so I pay for both. Whereas when it comes to Geneva, Geneva we know from the Mishnah already, and some Beza Beza, there's a Ptur of a Geneminaganev. A person can only be held liable for Geneva once. So how come when a person does a second act, he does a, a Tavra, he steals a Chavisa Tachamra from his friend, and then he breaks it afterward, he drinks the wine afterwards. So there the din is that he's Chayv as a Ganev. Why is he Chayv as a Ganev? is a Geneminaganev. Number two, the question is, what's the logic here? That which we say that Yechayv midin Geneva because he broke the barrel, how is that considered a Maisa Geneva? Right? So we did start speaking about, in the Sivas last week, that there's two different, there's different aspects of my ownership. There's the Shalayim, there's the monetary dominion over the object, and there's the Rishusa, there's the fact that I have dominion over it. It's under my, I have you utility right now. It's under my auspices. Those are two different aspects of ownership. So the stealing, the original theft takes away the Bershusel, but it doesn't take away the Shalom. It doesn't take away the monetary aspect, the monetary dominion, the fact that it's mine. So that the breaking does. But even still, we have to, we're going to try to define that even more right now. So the basic start to understanding why there's no problem of Aginaminaganev is because Aginaminaganev only applies when there's one person. Well, there's two people, I'm sorry, there's two different Ganovim. But if there's one person, so one person, then there's not a problem of a Gunimina Ganov. That would be how I would start. Now, at the end of the day, that would need a beer, right? Because who cares? When I do the second act of Geneva, the exemptions based off the Pasuk, the Gunimi Ish. Now, you take it from the house of the owner, and it was already Gunimi Ish. So, I want to start with you here. In source number one, there's an Imre Meisha. The Imre Meisha is a Meisha Sokolovsky. He was a based in and brisk. He is a Talmud of Reb Chaim. And he writes here as follows, the Gazlan Raganev, when it comes to a Gazlan Raganev, whatever you do to add on to the damages of the stolen object itself, the Bishar Kaladam of a Maisa Kazurak Mazik, Dubalai Kenyan, that if it came to any other person in the world, this action would be considered a Hezek, um, and it would, because there was no Kenyan whatsoever. But when it comes to a person who already stole it, then the din is called Hezek Shalisa Begeneva. Anytime he does damages with the Geneva itself, have a Ganev Mazik. He's a Ganev and not a Mazik. Why? The Hari Be'emis, really, in all truth, really, any Ganev should really only be liable the first moment he, sp- he takes it. However, However long he's holding on to this Geneva for this stolen object for, he doesn't give it back to the owner who got the Bukharega. He's continuously stealing it. And that was one of the Ksis's actually proofs, right? The proof can prove to you that the only Chaimid in Mazik, why? Because otherwise, it doesn't make a difference between Itvar Mamela or Tavra 
Because every moment you're stealing it again. The only reason you're not stealing it again is because you're going to be a ganav. The my time a bit when we made the patrol yokro. The my life is chayv al regezuv gam kein mishum ganav. Like this asks, yeah. Ach kvar kasov nu dezenav kashemidi. Says the Imre Meisha, we've already explained that this is not difficult. The kolshe ino is a meisa geneva. Whenever a person doesn't do a meisa geneva, right? It's just sitting in my house. It's sitting in my hand. There's no meisa. Then the mischayev. Then there's no chiv geneva. Kumashikasa, like I wrote already. And therefore, the case of it you're only going to be high of one because the fact that it went up and appreciated in my domain, since I didn't to do another Mesa Kenyan, that's not a problem. But when I damage it actively, the stolen object, when it came to other people, they'd be considered a Mazik and not a Ganav, he's not doing an active acquisition in order to acquire it for himself. But the Ganav himself already has a Kenyan Geneva. And also in this moment where he does damages, he also has a Kenyan in the Gezela. So number one, he already has a Kenyan Geneva. Number two, when he's Mazik, he has a Kenyan Gezela. Right, so what's your proof? His proof is that I steal something in the intent to damage it. Even that damage afterwards is considered like a part of my Geneva. He says, why is that? Who cares? Although at the end of the day, you did a Maisa Geneva. The answer is, the only reason you have the right to do what you're doing now, the only reason you could be Mazikit, is Mikoach, the Geneva, originally. Therefore, everything is relates back to that original Maisa Geneva. So he comes along with a very technical answer. And then Ramesha says, you should know what, I'll tell you why, every Maisa Hezik is a Maisa Geneva, because you already have Kenyana Geneva. You have Kenyana Geneva from the moment you took it. Now, who cares? At the end of the day, Geneva means I'm withholding your money. So, Ibn Meisha says, no, that's not true. That I have to withhold your money in order to attain the Kenyan Geneva. But now that I have the Kenyan Geneva, anything I do afterwards, that in order for me to do it, depended, necessitated the original Maisa Geneva, so then, that also falls in suit with the Geneva itself. Now, he's telling us a din, and the din seemingly is true, but it still is lacking a certain beer, because why is that? Why? Very good, I have Kenyan Geneva. And now, because I have Kenyan Geneva, now that I damage it, the only reason I could damage it is because I have the Kenyan Geneva, therefore I'm chayv from further Geneva. And so if I have Kenyan Geneva, but I damage it in a way that I didn't have to make the Kenyan first, I, I'm still Chayv Midinganav. So what's the, what's the beer here? What's the Pshat? So this needs further investigation. Because of this, um, I brought for you here a Rav Chaim. Now this piece of Rav Chaim is a major piece. So first of all, we're going to read it inside. After we read it inside, we're not going to read the whole thing inside, but part of it inside. After we read it inside... We're going to discuss a few nakudas, 
Now I'm going to show you a Rashi. I'm going to go back to a Rashi that we had a difficulty in the past, but uh, I think this is a fundamental Rechaim. We're going to see another one soon, Amit Hashem, but uh, to start us off. So let's go down a few paragraphs in, in source number five. Right? This uh, study was source number four. We'll see the Rambam is discussing. The Rambam says as follows, Misha of Kliva Shavrei, a person who steals an object, a vessel and breaks it, or he decreases its value, or if it broke, or the fell apart a little bit on its own, we don't say, okay, give him back the damaged vessel plus the price differential. Rather, we assess the, the value of the entire Kli, and you pay the owner double. The broken kli will become that of the ganav. And so to anything similar to it. But if the gamaylim wanted to take back the broken kli, they had some kind of relationship with the vessel, they wanted it back specifically, whether it be sentimental, whether it be whatever reason, but they liked it. So then you give it back the kli plus the decreased value, the differential, and you pay kefal. So according to the Rambam, Ba'etzem, you break a kli, then the din is that you have to pay for the entirety. You don't pay, we don't shaman the ganav. We don't, we don't evaluate and assess that value. But if he wants to, he can claim it back. Now it comes along with Chaim, and let's go, this is Chaim's in source number five. Let's go a few paragraphs in. We'll start from Venira Leimar. Yeah? Says Reb Chaim, Venira Leimar seems to say, Dina Le'el Halachi Yadalad, earlier in Halachi Yadalad, because of a Rambam Zal, the Rambam writes the following Halacha. If you steal an animal, a vessel, or anything similar, I'm sorry, Hayashav Yadalad, from the time of the stealing, it was worth four. But now, when you're brought to court, then the din is shavabiz. It's only worth two. You pay keren keshasa geneva. That keren is the keren of. This is the din of achi the keren keinchaganav. We have a din, a, a case of of huzla, where it's worth four. It went down to two, and there we pay the higher value. There, the keful dalad v'hei goes k'shas amad v'din. So this is mamish the din of Rav. The keren's kein shaganav in the case of Huzla, and the keful amad v'hei is k'shas amad v'din. Now, the Rambam is very interesting to point out that the Rambam says this din of Rav specifically in the case of Zula. The person who said that the din of Rav applied dafk in the case of Zula was Rashi. So it seems like, at first glance, that Rashi and the Rambam have a shared understanding of the din of Rav, right? This is very gishmak. Um, that's Nakuda number one. Now, continues the Rambam. Hayashal b'shasa geneva shnayim is worth the time of theft too. The b'shasa amada b'din dalid. Now when he gets sentenced, it's worth four. of the If he shechted, sold, or broke the kli, or he lost it, when you're sentenced. But if the animal died, or the kli was lost, 
Then you pay kefil kshasagneva, and that seemingly is the din, the first din of Rabba. Then the case of appreciation, then if you caused the shvira, then you pay the higher value, and if you didn't, you pay the lower value of shasagneva. Now, yes, it was Chaim's father. This is difficult. Why? It was worth at the time of theft too. And now it went up in price. And the Shasa is worth four. If you did anything, then the din is you pay everything based on Shasa Din. The distinction between Itva Mamil and Tavra Biadayim Amavur Baba Matsidaf Mam Gimel. It's clear from the Gemon Bamatsiya, the Humishum, the Bishvom Shabbiadaim Hashtudakaganavva. That's because when you break it, that's called the moment when you stole it. In Canaan, and that's true. Hariyakati Shazganivahi Dimikri. When I break it, when I shacht it, that's called Shazganiva. Yeah, that's called Shazganiva. Vinay Shasamadabidin. And that's not called Shasamadabidin. So the Kash on the Rambam. The Rambam says that what? That if you were Shachar HaMachar, Avdai, Yemeshalim, Kefal, Abel, Chamishik, Shasamadabidin, Yesav Chayim, it's not true. It shouldn't take Shasamadabidin. It's just Shasgneva. Shasgzeva. That's the Gemara Shem, the Gemara. The Gemara calls it Shasgzeva, not Shasamadabidin. So that's his first Kash. He's asking a very, very stark Kash on the Rambam. Based off the Gemara of Metziah, the Rashi quotes verbatim, how can you call the time period of Shvira, of Shechita, to be Shasamadabidin, it's some, that's, according to the Gemara, that is Shasagneva. Continues, continues the Chaim, but the Gamda calls it in a lawyer like Bekerin, the Chiva King Shaganov. This is also only all true according to the Karen. There, the Karen is the Chaim King Shaganov. Everything to actually make Kifu of Abel Chamisha is in a Basar Shasamadabidin. When it goes to Kifu and Abel Chamisha, we go after Shasamadabidin, but they basa Tvicha Shvira. We don't go after the time period of Tvicha Shvira. And if it went down in value from the time it broke and you're the court case sentenced, you only pay the class based off the value of the animal of the object and not the time period of the Shvira or the Tvicha. So how in the world could the Rambam put the two together? The Rambam puts that the Karen and the Kifu, everything is getting paid It's not true. Number one, because the Shas Amadabidin that we're discussing here is really Shas Tvicha, and that's called Shas Akzela, that's not called Shas Amadabidin. And if that's true, so then the Shas Amadabidin, that payment has to be different for the Kefal than in the Karen. So how come the Ramam is putting them together? Yeah. Va'afal Gav, so even though says the Ramchayim, the Rambam, Ayri Hocha, the Gamna, the Bein Vashas Tvicha, Shvira, the Bein Shas Amadabidin, Hayashavadalad. The Rambam is talking about a case where the price didn't fluctuate between the Shah Shvira and the Shah Samadabidin. And there, the current of the Kefal stays the same because the price didn't change. Right, for sure, under that circumstance, it's not paying more than what happened from the Shah Sagneva. Well, okay, and therefore, right? the reason, therefore, is because the time when you broke it, that's when you stole it. Therefore, what? The Shasa Geneva is also Beyukra. 
whether we're talking about Karen or Kefal, but still it's difficult. At the end of the day, the Tavi Bidayim still can't be called the Hamad Bidin. Imamish has two Bambakashas here. Kashat number one is that how can the Rambam call Shashvira Shasamad Bidin? We know the Shashvira the Gemara calls the Shas Gzela. Kasha number two, we know that the Shvira and the Kefal happen at different times. The assessment of Shvira is when you broke it, and the assessment of Kefal is when you're sentenced. So very good, the case the Rambam's talking about, they happen to be the same price. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to always be like that. There are time periods, times where it was worth two when you stole it, and four when you shechted it, and three when you were sentenced. So you should pay seven, and that, in the according to the Rambam, it comes out that you're going to pay... Kefal of Shasamad Abedin. So if that means Bishas Tvicha, so even if we could swallow that pill that it means Shas Tvicha, even though we use the language of Shasamad Abedin, you should pay eight, not seven, according to the Ram. The Rams are misleading. So that's, that's a, that's a Pella here, in the two Pellas here in the Rambam. So now it comes along with Chaim with a myth, massive, massive Yisud. And Chaim says as follows So it says of Chaim, this is what it seems to say in the Rambam. That which Kefal, Abba Chamisha go after the Shasamada Bedin, Hainu That's specifically referring to a time period where the Geneva is still intact, it's still Ba'in. And why is that? Because when it comes to when the Geneva is Ba'in, the fact that there's a Zula, the fact that there's a depreciation, depreciation can only happen when, from the time of Geneva, and the time of sentencing, the object, which is still around, lost value. That only is appropriate to happen. It's only able to happen if the object is still here. Because then we could say, they came in the Huzla, because since this item depreciated, then we're only going to obligate you to pay a fine based on the value of that object when you were actually sentenced. Which is not true. When the object's not here anymore, then we can't go ahead and assess a depreciation of value if an object doesn't exist. Why? Because there's no object here intact that could have depreciated in value. We don't look at the market rate. We look at the object that was broken. The object that was broken and granted will be determined based off the market value, but that object couldn't have depreciated if the object's not here. And if that's true, when the object is broken, it's not relevant the din of Zula, the kaim of it's going to retain the value that it had before it broke. We therefore assess it based off its earlier value. Now, that's stage number one. Stage number one, Zula is determined based off the object itself. If the object is not here, because it was broken then Zula cannot be assessed because we can't tell you how much money you lost for that object. So now, even though you could say whenever the object is still intact, you could say, here's your item, take it back. And at the moment he gives back the item irrelevant of its current value, if the item is still intact, then he'll be exempt from payment. If that's true, 
he still didn't finish his payment for Kefal and Abba Chamisha. Rak B'Shasa Madabidin Hushadig Machiv Kefal Shalai. If that's the case, then only when he's sentenced, that's what's going to determine the Chiv Kefal. Well, Korchach, and if that's true, Hachzula Mishana Estino. If that's the case, then when it's Be'en, since it could be very likely when I, the object's Be'en, the only thing I'm actually paying is the knas. It is the additional payments, not the object itself. Why? Because the object's still here. Therefore, as very as it makes a lot of sense, that the zula can then change its din at the time of sentencing. Masha inkin, but that's the geneva. That's not true when the geneva is not here. Because then I don't have a tour called harisha chalafanecha. And therefore, the Geneva and the Chiv Kefal are finished. In Canaan, if that's true, the depreciated value doesn't change the status of the payments. And therefore, you only go after its value at the end of the time period where the obligation was being formulated. And that's the time period of when it broke. Says Abchaim, if that's the case, with the Fizeh, this distinction, what distinction? That essentially there's two different assessment periods based off of what you did with your Geneva. If you have it Be'en, so then Be'etzem, you really never have to pay Karen. Why? Because you give it back. There's a Harishel Chalafanecha to exempt yourself from the Karen. So what are you only paying? You're paying for the Karen Kefal. You're paying for the Dalad Vehei, only the Kenosis. If that's true, the Knossos is only formulated when you're sentenced. So therefore, the Shasa Madabadin is the time period which determines the Chiyuvim. But if it's not Be'en, and there's no intact item to reassess at the time of sentencing, therefore, that item which you had couldn't have depreciated, because it didn't exist to depreciate. Therefore, what determines its value? That's only the moment before Shvira. So says the Holy Reb Chaim based on that distinction, it makes so much sense that which the Rambam wrote, that if I shafted an animal or sold it, a shover, I break it, then I pay the value of Shasa Madabedin. Why? The reason that I'm paying Shasa Madabedin is because at this moment, this is when I'm stealing it. Why? Because the moment it's broken, it doesn't exist anymore. And so too, if I shechted it, I acquired it with a shinui, it doesn't exist anymore. The animal. I sold it, then it ceases to exist in my domain. That's the end. Hear this out. All of it's like the geneva doesn't exist anymore. The geneva ceases. The geneva and also his obligation for this Geneva was already ended, at least the assessment, whether it comes to a Kefal Abel Chanisha, There's no more din of depreciated value. And therefore, that's called a time period of Geneva, since the Geneva process already finished. And therefore, the sentencing is only taking effect on the time period right before it broke. And since that's the case, the Rambam did a good thing that he put it together, the two dinim of the Karen and the Kefal. Why? 
because the only thing that makes a difference is Rani Bishashvira. Like I explained, Vain Barosh, Sham Shakosov Kane, Lahedya the Shavi Bidaim Sham Gam Kaful Kyogashvira. The Rosh says explicitly that the Kaful in the case of Tavra goes after Shashvira, Vizel Shakosavadasarambam. So let's say it outside in our own words. It comes out according to the Bhaim, this Pshat the Rambam is that there's two different times of Hamad Abedin. There's a time period of Hamad Abedin when the object is still intact, and there's a totally different time period of Hamad Abedin when the object is not intact. Why would that be? Because when the object's intact, what happens? What's the payment plan? And what's the development of the situation? Number one, the person steals it. Number two, he's caught. Number three, he gives back the item. He gives back the item. Well, he gives back the item. So what's he have to pay for? Only the care and the kefil. When's that decided? When he's sentenced. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense that he's only going to be liable to pay for that from the way that we understood up until now. But if it's broken, so now the object broke. So what can I assess to be my payment? I can't assess the object and the current value of the object. Why not? Because the object's not here to assess. So what do I assess? The value of the object that was? Wow, so if I do assess the object of the value that was, so now if I want to determine my kefal and dalad vehei, that's the only assessment I could use. Why? Because there's no other object to take into account besides the object right before it left the world. I can't theoretically determine the value of an object. I have to have the object here. The object's not here. So you know how much you pay? however much it was worth, when it disappeared. That being said, says Reb Chaim, that's called B'Sha'as HaMad Why? B'Sha'as HaMad means how the object is standing in front of us when I determine its value. That's B'Sha'as HaMad So B'Sha'as HaMad depends if the object's here or not. Which object is based in determining the Chiyuvim based off of? That's called B'Sha'as HaMad The object is the time of sentencing. So even if it's not here, that could be still the, the time of sentencing. So that's the case. Comes along Reb Chaim and says, what's the, what, what's the Rambam talking about? The Rambam's talking about a case of Shavra. The Rambam's talking about a case of Shavra. If that's true, then Shasamad Abedin is the moment it left the world. The moment it left the world, that's going to be my Shasamad Abedin, and that's going to ring true both for the Karen and the Kefal. So, what were our two questions? How come it's called Shasamad Abedin? It's called Shashvira. Says Reb Chaim, that's not true. It is, you're right, the Gemara calls it Shashvira, but the Shashvira is the Shasamad Abedin. That's the Chiddush of the Rambam. That's the Chiddush Kilo of, of the Sugya of Tavra. That's number one. Number two, why are the Karen and the Kefal together? Very simple, because they can never be different in the case of Tvira, because the Shasamad Abedin is actually the Shashvira itself. Therefore, there can never be a discrepancy. The Rambam's Gvaldik. So that seems to be how the Rambam wants to go ahead and address these dinim in the world of the Rambam. I just want to speak out one Nakuda here, it's a Pasha Nakuda, but it has to be, it has to be that the Rambam Reb Chaim go here like the Nasivas, that the Chiv of Maisa Hezek after after Geneva is also considered Geneva. Why? Because on a Tavra you have Kefal. How could, be chayv, how could it be chayv kefal on a tavra? If tavra is a maizah hezek, there's no such chiv as kefal on a maizah hezek. 
there's only Shaykh Achiv of Kifil on a Mesa So it's Pashat that the Rambam is going Adarch and Asivis. I'm going to be honest, it's a shtickle pellet to me that, that the Gedele Chirim don't point this out. You'd have thought that like, the Nesivas would have seen this Rambam, and this would have been, you know, it would have been a Medigalus Degel. He's like, this is, this is the Spitzraya, right? There's a Rambam before us, Yechayiv Kefil, on, on a Tavra. So this is a, this is a, a Shtikot Tzavachin on the Ktsais. He understood Pshat and Rambam. Maybe, maybe he knew the Rambam was like that. Maybe he was just only saying in the world of Rashi. It's unclear to me. But it seems like it's a, this is a, a clear, clear raya in the world of the Nesivas, and that's how Reb Chaim is learning. So now, what we have to address, if that's the case, is then what happened to the din of Gwini Minaganav. At the end of the day, what happened to the din of Gwini Minaganav? So I told you maybe it's a difference because there's one Ganav, there's, not, well, there's two Ganavim, right? I, so I brought for you here a Kivichirim, the Kivichirim is source 7. The Kivichirim says something, I think, we're going to have to try to work it out together, but it sounds like a little astounding to me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think this is the pshat. He says as follows: The kashim edivri harambam hanal. He is bothered by the rambam that what that betavri bedaim the mesham kefal arba. According to the rambam, when you break the chavisa dechamra, you pay arba. You pay kefal arba. Elma de havigeneva chalasha b'shvirasei. So now comes along Rav Chanan, and he has a diuk. It must be that according to the rambam. The Maisha Shvira is considered a Maisha Geneva, and that's why Yechayiv Kefil based off of the Shvira. So he explains as follows: When you're Leimar, so what's Pshat? The Davka began of Sheni, specifically when it comes to the second Ganav, Shaganav min Harishin, that stole from the first Ganav. Mifta Mikrod of Ish. That's when there's an exemption. So there's three parties here: there's the original owner, there's the Ganav who took from the original owner, and there's the Ganav who took from the Ganav. That second Ganav is exempt because of Miguniyisa Ish. Why? Because even if it wasn't for his theft, it still wouldn't have been in the domain of the original owners because the first Ganav already took it from them. But when it comes to the first Ganav himself, since he could always return it to the Bailim, it's not relevant to exemptive because of Gunamin Haganav. Now, we're going to pause here. What, he's, after that, he's going to ask a new question. Like, says, fine. But, but what's Pshat in that? What's that mean? I took it from his Rishos. I, the Ganav, I'm the Ganav Rishon. I took it from the Bailim. Now that I took it from the Bailim, it's not considered a Ptur of Gunamin Haganav because I could always give it back to him. That's what he says. Now, what's that mean? So let's 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 play it out. Yeah, I'm the Ganav. So if a third party is to look at me, he's to look at the Baylam Rishonim. So he'll look at the object in my hand, and he'll say, "That's not your object. That belongs the Shaloi. That belongs to the Baylam Rishonim." And he's going to look now at. The Bainam Rishonim will say, you can't be Maktish that, it's not Rishuschah, it's in his Rishus. So if it's not in my Rishus, it's not the Bainam Rishonim's Rishus, it's not the Ganav's property, so then, so then why is it then that it's still considered Bebeis Ha'ish? Says, says, Revel Chanan, because the Ganav can give it back. 
any moment. And therefore, what? So the, what, what I think, what I think he's saying is a big word, but what I think he's saying is, and therefore, since the Ganav can give it back, he must give it back. Therefore, from the Ganav's perspective, it's still considered like it's Berishus the Bailim. From the Ganav's perspective, it's still Berishus the Bailim. Why? The Shalom is always the Bailim's. Why? Because he bought it. The Berishus even though it's in my hand, says the Ganav, and regarding other people, the bystander's perspective, it's in my hands. Me, the Ganav, I have this push to give it back to him. The Torah says, I have to give it back to him. And therefore, me, the Ganav, it's still in the Rishos because I have to put it back there. And therefore, for me, the Ganav, it's still Bebe Saish. So it sounds to me, in other words, that Rav Khan is saying the reason why it's not a problem of going to be a Ganav is because solely regarding the Ghan of Rishon himself, the Ghan of Rishon views it like it's still If that's the case, there's no lacking in the Ghan of Dafka regarding the Ghan of himself. So when a Shani takes it, he's not taking for the Ghan of Rishon, but when the Ghan of himself, who has the Chiv to give it back, he has the Chiv of the Heish of there, specifically him, he, he's still in his domain. That's a massive Chiddush. Massive. Why? Because we're saying the din v'gonu v'esayish, the din of Bereshusai, is totally dependent on the halachic reality in which the Ganav himself is living. So if the Ganav is living in a halachic reality where he can keep it, he can hold on to it, so then there's no problem. There's no chisar on the v'gonu v'esayish. Whereas, if there's a, a, a chiv from the brother back already, it never really is considered like he's in a v'esayish because he doesn't have real autonomy over it. So therefore, it's still called Beisayish. That's a Pella. That's Mamsha Pella, but I think, I think that's the Chiddush of Al-Khanan, or else what else is he saying? Who cares? Kevin Afila Balav Ganivosa, Havi Bershus Habaylin, Bershul Ganivarishan, Havi Ganivarishan Atzmai, Kevin Shabiyoda, Bechoshul Ahachsir Habaylin, Lushaich Lapotra, Bishashvira, Mishim Ganavach Arganav. What else could that mean? I think, I think that's Pshat. Now, I don't think this is universally accepted. And that's why I brought you two more Reb Chaim's to look at. Because Reb Chaim, I think, has a whole different gang. He has a whole different approach here in how to go ahead and address this issue of Goyne Minagana. So the first piece here is Reb Chaim in Stencil in Masechaz Makas. He's talking here, Mamesh Ben Sugya, and he says as follows. Let's start from Benimtza. He says, Benimtza demaitza gzile zu meskalekes. The gzile itself is broken up into two parts. To the Indian nizka de Regarding the damages that happen on their own in Kanchiv Gzela, there's no obligations of Gzela. There's no relation to it as due to the Chiv that happened once he stole the object. Yeah? But when he broke it, then there's Chiv From the time where he took the Mashkin itself, Fine. So too, when you drank it, you broke it. After Iker even though the main chiv came b'shashvira, based on the other Chaim, we'd say That's when the main chiv came. The obligation generated from the meisah gzele. And from the original theft, from the onset, 
ובהצטרפוס מעשה וחיב הגזילה שבשס הגזילה, ונאפור, with the combination and obligation of the gzila from the onset, im ha-maisa shvira b'yachad, with the active shvira together, chala l'v'chiv gzila al-maisa shvira. The chiv gzila was also extended to the maisa shvira. Del chif it's gozel b'lichiv gzila, d'mikoidem l'ti ha-shvira l'maisa gzila. Because on the stolen object, the chiv gzila, then it, the shvira itself wouldn't be constituted a maisa gzila. V'lo yizchayv ezem yishum chiv gzila b'gneva. The whole thing which is making the Shvira Gzela is the original theft. He says the same thing also. In the Chlebu the Mazik, in the middle here he says, that what? The Kulsha Asa Kinyin Shah Gzela, Kagan Meshicha Akba, Vlakari Lazikum, Yukom Nakum is a Gazban, the Kimin the Gamaisa Nezik, Mitstarik Le Choshev Gzela, Im Kin Mitstarif and Nezik, La Mesa Meshicha Akba, Asas Gazban, Ayadeza. It's a pella, so he says it's in two places. Now, what's the beer at offer? The beer at offer is as follows, as I understand it. Especially, especially based in light of the first Rukhaim we said, let's try to paint the picture like this. Be'etzim, a person does a Maisek Zela. And the Maisek Zela, really? When is the Maisek Zela sentenced, adjudicated upon? A Maisek Zela goes till Shasa Madabedin. When does my Zela end? I have an object. It doesn't belong to me. I have to give it back to you. When does that when does that event when does that that process end? That's a process which continues from the time of Gzela until the time of Hamad Abedin. Until that happens, my my Geneva never never happened, never finished. Elamai, there's no Numachayev in the interim, but the Maisa Gzeva the Geneva never finished. If that's the case, then my Maisa Geneva never finished. The Pshat is as follows. Be'etzem, I took something from you. I'm a Gazan. I'm a Ganev. I took you. I robbed you. But, even though you're a Ganev, even though you're a Gazan, that process didn't finish. That's a continuous process. That process goes till Shas HaMadabedin. So what's the Tvira Shvira do? The Shvira, the, the Shtia, that goes ahead and that ends the process of the Geneva. So now, how does it end the process? Because now... I have to assess the value of that which is lost. That's called the Shas Hamada Bedin. So really, according to Reb Chaim, every time you steal something, you actually have engaged in a process of theft which starts from the original taking of the item, and that process continues until your Shas Hamada Bedin of either Shvira or sentencing in court. If it's a case of Shvira, the explanation is as follows. You stole an item. You had an, ob- an obligation to give that item back. Again and again and again. You have to give it back. This is not yours. And now I can't give that back. So I finished the process of taking it. Now that you finished the process of taking it, so you have to pay for it. When is that Chiv kick in? The moment that you can't give it back. So your Chiv Gzela was... Manifest through the Maisa Shvira itself, and as much as that's what disabled you from being able to return it. There was one, so if you're going to ask me, why am I not a Gunev Min Haganev if I have a new Chiv of a Maisa Gzela? According to Reb Chaim, the answer is very straightforward. You're not a Gunev Min Haganev because you never finished your first Maisa Gneva in the first place. You're still in the process of your first Maisa Gneva, and in as much as you're in the process of your first Maisa Gneva, we can't say there's a Geneva that followed a Geneva when you never finished the first one. 
Therefore, Reb Chaim is not going to be bothered by this question. So now we have two totally different answers. How do we address? How could it be that Reb Chaim for two separate Genevas, even on one person? So according to Reb Chanan, there's a massive Chiddush here. There's a Chiddush that I can consider to be, regarding other people, I can consider an object not to be Bebeisa Ish, but regarding the God of himself, it's still considered to be Bebeisa Ish because of the Chiv HaShavah. That's Rav Hanan. But according to Rav Chaim, it's not the Pshat. The Pshat is that Ba'etzim, every time you start a Gezeila, you don't finish it until the Chiyuvim come. The Chiyuvim Tashlumin only have happened B'Shas HaMad Abedin, and that's either B'Shas Shvira or B'Shas or B'Shas um, of sentencing in court itself. So, those are the two Nakudas. Now that we saw this, we have, it's complicated, it's very complicated, I'm going to go back now, make a sikum. First of all, in Pshat in the Gemara. Number two, I'm going to make a sikum in the tour of Genim in Aganev. I'm going to go over Shitas Rashi, and I'm going to go over the Shitas Rambam. Just to make sure we have this clear, because these are the Nakudas which are going to be carried with us the rest of the Perak, Pesiyat Rishmaya. Oh, okay. It's like this. So, when it comes to, why is it that when it comes to Tavra Shasya, you pay the value of Shashvira, that's Machlik, it's Shrin Versus the Nesivas and Abchaim. According to the Ktsis, you're paying me din mazik. According to the Nesivas and Abchaim, you're paying me din ganav. In the case of Idvar Mamela, you only have to pay the, the value of Shas Ganiva and not the increased value of Shashvira, according to Imre Mesha, because you never did a Numaisa. And since you didn't do a Numaisa, so then there's no Numachayev to make you pay. When the Gemara asks, Lema Pligi Rava de Rabba, that question is going to depend if you learn the Chiddush of Rav to be like Rashi, that it's a Chiddush in the Keren, or you learn like Tesis, that it's a Chiddush in the Kefal. If you learn the Kashi as a Chiddush in the Keren like Rashi, so then the Kashi is, how can you say that Keren Kein Shaganav, you see that when there's a Tavra Biyadayim, it's Kshasa Geneva. It's Kshashvira, I'm sorry. It's not Kein Shaganav. To that the Gemara responds, Rav only said his din in the case of Zula, and that's talking about the case of Yukra. If you live in the world of Tesis, the Kasha is, how can you say that the Keren, that I'm sorry, the Kefal and Dad is Kshas Din, in the case of Rav, you see that the Kefal and Dad is Kshas of one. That the Gemara says, it's only true, the din of Rav, and you have a case of Zula, you don't have a case of Yukra. So that would be two different readings according to whether you learn like Rashi or Tisvis. Now, when it comes to the tour of Gwenev Min Haganev, that was all in the world of Pshat Nagamarab, in the tour of Gwenev Min Haganev, the Tzis thinks that Tavr is Chayv paid Dalid, he has two proofs that the Chiv is Midin Mazak. Number one is that if it was a Din of Gneva, so then, you shouldn't have to have a Tvira. You're going to it every minute. Because you moved from place to place. That's number one. Number two was that Remy Barchama. According to Remy Barchama, there we see Remy Barchama of Chista that if it's a Ratzamizagain, if Ratzamizagain, if the first one's Midin Gneva and the second one's Midin Mazik, it's not Midin Gneva. So even though there's a Shvira following a Mazik, we see clearly from the Gemara that that Gemara is holding. Then it is a Machayev of Mazik and then Machayev of Geneva. Now, seemingly, there's a Pashat answer for the Nesivas and Machayev, right? That there it's talking about two different people. But as one person, and there's already a Kinin of Geneva, then Nevada there could be a Chiv of Geneva afterwards. 
Now, according to the Nesivas Mishpat, there isn't a new Mechaev every moment he's holding it, like the Shasa Gneva, because there there was no further removal from the Bailim. The original Gneva took it from Bershusa, but it didn't take away, nothing else happened, the fact that I continued to hold it. Therefore, I can't have a new Maise Gneva. That's our principle of establishing those two aspects of ownership, Shechol Bershuscha, that's the aside of Rav Yochanan later on, that in order to be maktish something, it has to be both shalcha and bereshuscha. If you're lacking either, you can't be maktish, and so too, in order to steal something, you have to take at least one of those aspects. Now, we said, the only thing that can create a new shaskaneva is if you do a maisa to the object. For example, a shvira. The fact that the maisa does, that we, right, you could ask, that according what does the maisa accomplish? If the market value doesn't accomplish, I mean, in a theoretical world, you just have to return it, what it does is really, it ends the Maisa Geneva, according to Rav Chaim, right? And that's really why it leads into the, this Nakuda of why don't you have a Ptur of Gwene Minaganav? The answer is, according to Rav Chaim, you don't have a Ptur of Gwene Minaganav because you never finished the Geneva. What happens is when you break it, is that ends that process of the Maisa Geneva. That's called a Shas Hamadabedin, and therefore we're going to adjudicate and sentence you based off of that price of the Tant Ahemashvira. And according to Rav Chanan, there's no din of Ginnim in a Ganev, because regarding the Ganev himself, he always views the object still to be Shis of the Brahim because of the Mitzvah of Beheshev. Now we prove from Rashi that Rashi in Divra Maskal Tavra clearly goes like in the Sivasa Mishvat. Um, that, was, that was the whole read of Rashi, um, is like in the Sivasa Mishvat. And I want to prove to you that Rashi also goes like this Kiddush and Reb Chaim. Why? Because when Rashi speaks out this case of Rabbah, Rashi in Divya Maskal, B'Shayf Shav Rashi says, what does it mean, the B'Shayf Shav Yadalad? So I would have said, B'Shah Samad Abedin, it's worth four. Rashi says, the B'Shayf, B'Shah She'ov Demina Elim, the moment where it left the world. What's the significance of leaving in the world? There's no, that we never saw as a time period. But according to Reb Chaim, B'Shah She'ov Demina Elim is a Shah Samad Abedin. So Avada, that's a very, very important time period. So that Rashi of, of the Shreif Shav Yadalit is a Raya that Rashi holds like Reb Chaim. Now, the Rambam gives the, the case of Tavra, Ashas Amad Abedin, that would be, Reb Chaim asks, that should be called Ashas Agneva. To that he had a Chiddush, explaining that there's two Shas Amad Abedins, right? The Shas Amad Abedin, of when something's not be'en, that's the time period where it leaves the world, and that's how Beistin is going to express the chivim. And there's a shas hamadabedin, when it's still in the world, when you bring it back, so even though you return the object and you pat yourself from the current to ha'ishachafanecha, the shas hamadabedin on the knosis is in the time where you're being sentenced. Rav Chaim, besides talking about the tziruf between the Maisa Geneva and the Maisa Hezek to be considered one extended Maisa Geneva, besides using those languages, also by virtue of the fact that he never mentions the, the, the mitzvah, the chiv of being meshiv, the object of the Bainam Yishonim, is the biggest proof that he disagrees with this concept of Rav Al-Khanan. They're able to view the object, the Ganav is able to view the object still them due to the halacha, not to the practical reality of it. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's the Nakuda. Um, it's a massive Chiddush in Reb Chaim still, not like Reb Chaim, not like Reb Chanan also, that really that a Maisa Geneva is a continuous process. And that process only ends either with sentencing or with the Shvius Akli. But at the end of the day, that's the, these are the Nakudas that are coming out from the Sugya of Tavra Vashasya. 
next week we're going to learn the sugya of Chum It's a miss. It's not. It's, it's a lot of Gemara, but it's not tremendous amount of lumdus in regards to ownership of Gzela. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We're going to finish the whole sugya in a week, and probably start our next big sugya, which is going to be the sugya of Tevanasa Ayel. That's going to be also a very yesedistic sugya. It's going to be a difficult sugya. So Mitzvah Shem, we'll already start picking up with it next week.